Welcome to the Momnificent Podcast. This is the place where we help parents live a happy, healthy life with their kids. We're going to show you how to connect with your child and help them even in their most difficult moments as we hear from experts in the field. I'm your host, Dr. Karin Jakubowski, an international speaker, public school principal, and former struggling student. The Momnificent Podcast equips parents with science-based strategies to help you live a happy, healthy life with your kids. Welcome. All right. Well, welcome. I am so excited to have Sam with us on this call right now. Sam, welcome. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And your mom is with us. Thank you so much for joining me. This is really, really special. Um, So Sam is a high functioning individual on the autism spectrum, and he's on a mission to show the world that he's not broken and individuals with autism do not need to be fixed. Sam is successful with autism host of the podcast, Autism Rocks and Rolls, CEO of his own nonprofit and a motivational speaker. Welcome to Momnificent. Thank, Thank you. you. Oh. Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, Sam, I love how you say people are differently abled, not disabled. Um, and maybe you can start us out by either commenting on that or help us understand like how old were you when you were diagnosed? Like what was, what was the journey like for you then? Well, I was diagnosed at four. That's all I know as far as that. She knows more about that than I do. But I'm talking about being differently able to that no matter who you are, whether that be autism, spina bifida, Down syndrome, anxiety, depression, whatever that case is, you can still be successful regardless barrier it's a barrier yeah you want to go in the story about and so Gina yeah 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 like Gina what did you see and notice when he was what age yeah and I want to say before I do that though um I I, that's really the biggest part of our mission is to the word disability but the word disability is definitely a thing um, you know, people are disabled, but have our own beliefs that, you know, everybody's disabled if we want to get technical about it. <laughs> Everybody has challenges. And um, so we really like the differently abled. It's more positive. There isn't a negative connotation to it. And people, everybody's disabled, but everybody is also abled. We're just kind of like a big bunch of beautiful mess is what we are. Like, that's what, you know. Um, but as far as Sam and, you know, individually, cause we, everybody has their own story and, um, we do have the nonprofit, but I will say we don't claim to be experts. I'm an educator by trade. That's what I do. I'm a teacher. Sam is a student who's going to be, he's studying media. He, he does have the podcast, but we're an expert in our own story. And that's what I was like, trying to preface with. Um, but as far as when Sam was diagnosed, he was diagnosed with four at four. And I definitely did see signs of kind of classic textbook autism fairly early. And even some things when he was a baby that I didn't know at the time. I just, he was was the first child I'd ever had. He's our only one. And I didn't have anything to compare it to. Uh, so really the first thing we noticed was he really hated loud noises. Um, what Kind of beyond, uh, you know, he doesn't like it to a three hour meltdown because of a loud noise. 
Uh, he really had melt major, major meltdowns when you mess with his stuff, his toys. Uh, he, he had a, a very big delay in speech. I would say he was probably, he didn't really speak full sentences until he was probably three or four. Um, he, when he was two, when we went to the doctor, he was saying maybe six words. And so there was definitely a speech delay. Uh, we noticed that he lined things up. He still does. And, and that's okay. But as brand new parents, we were like, what's happening? Why is he lining all of his stuff up? And he's not playing with his toys. He's organizing, which was a, which now I realized was a very high functioning executive functioning. But I shouldn't be doing it at that age. Maybe. Right, right. It's a little concerning at that age. Yeah, we're not used to that age, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, nothing I, wrong with that. There's, and now I see having a 20 year old. If I talk to other parents that are freaking out because you know their kids lining things up, I mean, my response is, let them. Like, it doesn't hurt anything. That's how their their mm -hmm. brain needs to do that. So, um, and then we put Sam in a special education preschool on purpose because yeah. there were experts there and I just wanted them to kind of see what they thought. And within a week, we didn't get an official diagnosis, but the teacher who was really, really good, um, he said, it's, I, I, I highly suspect that he has autism. And um, as a teacher, I had had some kids in my class with autism. I wasn't an expert by any means, um, but you know, then, then we went through the official evaluation and he was four. Um, and it ruined our lives. We, we had a name for it and we could get services and I could research and I could understand it more and I could tell him, you know, this is what you have and it's okay. Like, this is why you're doing the things that you're doing. So, and it made sense afterwards when you read, cause I was like, Oh, okay, this is why I do this. And I'm the type of person who's like, all right, cut to the chase. Almost like, just tell me what's going on. I don't need to butter it up. Just let it out. And I'm like, all right. I know it now. Now I know this is the reason. This is why. This is why I'm doing all these certain behaviors. So now life is making sense for five years old. Why is no one talking to me? Why is no one else liking pro wrestling? Right. And that was another thing. The fixation on things. And now we kind of have our own theory and our own beliefs about obsessions and fixations. But he did get very, very fixated on WWE wrestling when he was six. And we were like, oh, my God. At first, it was like, oh, this is what, you know, most boys do. Well, we're 20. And there's still a fixation on WWE, where which it doesn't interfere with his functioning level. And he's very successful. And he's met five wrestlers that has been on his show. And See, so we're, we're like, okay, he was just getting ready for that. That's <laughs> what he was doing. Four, going to be five. Yeah. I'm so cool. Oh, six. Mate, no, the sixth is a possibility. Yeah, yeah. The fifth is for sure. It just hasn't happened yet. Right, but we'll fourth just, has happened previously. <laughs> I love that. So, like Gina, what did you what did you do with with Sam with other kids, and how did you help other kids understand Sam? Yeah, it it was tough. I I'm a teacher, and Sam, I I teach. I taught in the same district that Sam went to school in. And so I'm sure there were times along the way, whether it be IEP meetings or things like that, that definitely made things easier because I was there and I could monitor 
the services and the things that he was getting. And I know the laws and I know the rules because I have to follow them myself, you know, with a teacher, right. being a teacher. So that helped. But what I really couldn't help him a lot with was the social isolation sometimes and, and people not understanding him. I tried, you know, I tried to explain to people, this is Sam and you need to accept Sam for how Sam is because we accept how you, how you are. And I tried and I tried, but I teach middle school and I know how they are. You want to tell them how they are? <laughs> uh, this year, we're at the end of the school year, so they're away right now. We're all at the end of the school year. <laughs> we're all at the end of the school year. I so, hear you. Um, but as far as them accepting him, I tried really, really hard. But in the end, I can't, I couldn't make somebody play with Sam. I couldn't make somebody. You can't force a conversation to happen, really. You can't yeah. send a school, school. You can't send, yeah, we well, can send a school somewhere, but you can't send a kid to the office for excluding a student. I wish you could, but that's not humanly possible. I mean, you can use it as like teaching moments. They do it all the time. Like just today, my sixth period, they were frustrated and they were yelling at each other. And I'm like, hey, like, look at how we're treating each other right now. So you can use those as teaching moments, but I couldn't. I, I couldn't fix that for him and I wanted to, but I, I tried really, really hard to educate the people around him to help them understand, you know, to, to accept all people, including Sam with the way that he thought. Um, but it was there, it was very tough sometimes, honestly. Right. Yeah. Um, so um, Sam, what, was life like for you from what you remember at those young ages and growing up? Uh, it was pretty difficult. I mean, school years were pretty rough. You know, all the bullying, you know, all the fun stereotyping you can imagine. I say fun, I'm being sarcastic there. But my point here is, in all seriousness, it was very rough. I wanted to be the popular kid, but right. never got that opportunity. And I just thought because I wasn't that per- that popular kid at that time frame with who didn't have the jock attitude, who didn't have the body, I guess I can say, at the time frame. It just wasn't going to work. And just because of, of how society is. But what I really missed was just feeling kind of left out with not having friends that weren't a buddy. I mean, fake case in point, freshman year was the worst. That's when I dealt with all of the major exclusion, the bullying some small bullying here and there. I don't mean like big bullying where you go make a page about somebody, but like, oh, he scratched his ear the wrong way. It's like so the that, subtle. Yep, exactly. But my point is, I'm trying to get to the story, which was I had one friend at that time frame, and I'm just going to say that his body is not in the best shape. He has spina bifida. Right. So he misses a lot of school. But the sad part was, was when he missed school, it affected me. Because I had no one to talk to. And I hate that I was like at the time frame kind of obsessed with him, but it was the only way for me to talk to someone because heck, I was gonna be quiet for the rest of the day because no one would listen. Even if I tried, it would be like, oh, there goes a waste of words right there I can't get back. And were you in a regular school all those years? How did they do it in your district? The way they did it through me is general ed class, but I had a resource room where I could get certain accommodations like extra time on tests. Maybe it was, I think, bear with me, extra time on tests, uh, maybe a five minute century break, whatever the case might entail. Now, middle school, they come to you. 
but we had to go to them. That's where it transitions. And where it transits from middle school to the high school is the older you get in high school, you self-advocate. You are the ones who state, hey, I, I want the modified vocab test versus freshman middle school, you're getting the modified vocab test and the store and the story. Yeah. Right. I'm a teacher. So would you what was the most difficult thing in school that you felt like you dealt with? Or is it what you were just, just socializing? Just yeah. the socializing. And I think sometimes the teachers had different personalities and discipline scenarios, whatever. But I mean, the teachers were great and the students were awful, but it's odd. I wanted, I got odd. It was odd. I got a lot more better on with the adults versus the students. So it more empathy. I guess I kind of wanted to be friends with the teachers, but students can't do that because that's not appropriate. I know. So if you could go back, what's something you wished someone could have helped those other students with you? as accepting, being open as a friend, as a, as, as a fellow student, like, what would you say to those, those, those kids today? What did you well, want I mean, from them? I mean, niceness wins. That's something I could say there is, I know a lot of children right now. And I think of some who was in my class, but I'm going to say yes, who movie right now. And I've heard this through just and rumors. And I know it's true because I've seen on social media. But they were the popular kids at the time frame. You just were right there. there. Going behind bars. Good luck with that. That's not success right there. But, 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 I'm a, but I have to say, at the end, though. Now, there's some exceptions. I'm there gonna... were, yeah, there were kids. But even what I noticed as an adult in this situation, and I see this all the time. And, you know, I, all the time. I mean, I'm... I'm every single day with which is such a awful age as far love as, them, apparently. well i love them but as far as existing as a 13 14 year old that is tough like it is and so my thing was was even like i don't want to say the good kids. i try not to say that because of thing but even the kids that are considered kid except Accepting kids, kids that are nice, they still didn't. Yeah, they, still they didn't know how to take their case. They just didn't know what to do. Yeah, if they didn't mean to him, but it, they kind of were because it was he. Sam, Sam was different than him. and kids yeah. they don't have time for that. They don't have the patience for that. So that was what was very difficult as an outsider. Like, so, oh my god, I can't change this. Right. So what do we have to do to help those kids? What would you say if there's something we could work on to help kids help kids with autism be in school to socialize and have that connection? What is what would you say? I want to start. You can sure. stop if you wish. But um, I think if school was not working, go outside of the box, go outside of school. How much camps did you put me in? I know I can remember a lot of camps you put me in, Boy Scouts, Taekwondo. So it was still a challenge. I didn't make lifelong friends there, but it was so much easier to socialize versus in school okay. for different factors. One for Taekwondo, there wasn't much students there. There were some, but social outbug, did my best, felt safe, and a lot of okay. other reasons. But my point here is if school's not working, 
go somewhere else. Case in point, I'm a firm believer in Starnum early. Our gala speaker, which is this Saturday, Rich Beto, former drummer for Finger 11, at 12 years old, his son is working winch, car windshields and has a nine to five job. And his friends are his two dads, his stepdad, which is Rich Beto and his biological dad. Yeah, oh he my has God. autism. He has autism, but you know, that is incredible. awesome, right? Yes, that is so incredible. You can and learn a lot from Rich Beto. I'll tell you, he's not just autism. He has battled bipolar and alcoholism. Wow, what a story! And Gina, were you going to add anything to that? Did you want to say something um, there? Yeah, I mean, I think Sam had like keywords where you know, early intervention, education, but I don't know if it's just the end of the school year talking, but. I, I, I mean, we, we are to the point with how, how, I don't know how to say it. Kids are, yes. I mean, but that's been around for years. If I didn't love kids and the kids were not in the forefront of what I do every single day, um, the only, not the only reason, but the main reason I am there are for, I'm there are for those kids. There is nothing else that overshadows yeah being at that school for it if, if it's not for the kids and to make it's our job I would say when they come through the school doors it's my job every day to make it better I have to make it you are. better because sometimes it's not better at home it's my right. responsibility to make it better for well, let's close our real world teacher um, it's going to be a hard to change. It is going to be a hard end. And I'm not trying to be negative and to be totally pessimistic, but I'm a realist. I'm, I'm, I'm being real. And it's just because of the world that they are submerged in, that they exist in, um, and what they are bombarded with, with, with social media and with home with what's on in on the actual TV, like the media, it's going to be a real challenge to help these kids understand differences. Luckily, happening, yeah. you see it on the news, but I guess I guess I'm just saying um, some kids won't change. Don't think the news is the best outlet. It is still the greatest outsource out there. It's just it's just. I mean, am I wrong? You're not wrong. It's I guess what I'm saying. It's just it's going to be a real challenge to change it, but. That's what Sam's mission is. That's what we do with the nonprofit. But it's that early intervention. When Sam talks to those first graders, second graders at in schools, when he goes and he speaks, those are the best things that he can do because they're so little and their little minds are just totally soaking up what Sam is saying. And that's what we have to do. Well, for that for the dance breaks. Just wondering. The day, yeah, we do dance breaks, which is also fun. Yeah. <laughs> not, my, not my question, but in all seriousness, I just hope they're there not for the fun times and they're soaking in that information. That getting something. Yeah. 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 I mean, if they're fun, I'm going to dismantle it. I mean, I think we need to do them, but I'm just wondering, I've always wondered this when we speak at school, I never told you this, are they listening to my speeches and just not there? Like, oh, we get to dance, have fun. Woohoo. No, I think it's probably soaking in. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think it's the whole thing. Without one piece of it, it probably wouldn't even stick as much. So I bet you it's what you're saying. You're showing up. You're telling your story and the music. Like I think it's the whole the whole package. And 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 they're they're gonna remember that. We remember stories. 
Um, is there anything you wish teachers knew or teachers could think differently of when it comes to students with autism that you want to tell us? Well, there's something I'm going to chime in with quickly. Um, I just wish that more special ed teachers could use our special interests. And let me explain here. So with geometry, I've, I've been good at geometry, but I just wish at a time frame, if someone didn't understand geometry, who was on the autism spectrum or whatever, they use their special interest, which could be an ice cream cone. Or in my case, it'd be a wrestling ring because of the wrestling. Figuring out the, you told me right now to find the, the length, the width, and the height of the, like, what's L times W times H with this wrestling wing, ring, square shape? I'm like, oh, I want to figure this out. <laughs> yeah, that's important. That's really important. Um, but I guess with teachers and autism directly, I guess my thing is, is probably what I would, I would say the same thing, part of our mission for a nonprofit. Um, <laughs> the same thing that I would say to parents that maybe are struggling with like, their children on the autism spectrum is I would say, you got you to gotta pay attention. You have to pay attention to things that are happening that in your mind might be a negative thing. But like, let's dig a little bit deeper. Like your son, I mean, I've had, had a parent one time say to me, um, we were at a conference or something, and she said, I'm so worried. She said, my son is like eight or nine. She said, all he wants to do, he loves things that spin. And, and, and my brain immediately was like, why are we worried about that? I don't understand why we're worried. Let's go to a science museum and watch yeah. him play around the Beyblade or something. Yeah, like how can we, and, and I, would, I would suggest teachers get to where they're teaching the students. You know, we're working hours and hours. I get it. It's, it's, it's not as easy as I'm making it sound. Uh, again, part of our job is to pay attention and to, to zoom in on these things. And, and I, you have to do that with students on the autism spectrum. They have autism. They're going to have hard days because the world is not built for them. That's, schools aren't built for them. Mm-hmm. And so it's our responsibility to, to zoom in on any, what can I do to like tap into, you know, the things that they love and that they're doing. That's what I would say to a teacher. I love that. And how did you start the nonprofit? Where did the idea come from? And tell us a little bit more about what you do with that. You touched on it a little bit. Can you tell us a little more? Yep. So it started when I joined my high school's media club. I fell in love with it so much that I decided I wanted to do it at home, told her she didn't know what a podcast was, which I find comical. But I think she would have said, go for it. And I started. She learned about it. We did it. But it grew so much that after we developed sponsors for the podcast, we had a family meeting and we decided to turn to a nonprofit where I have a board of how much now? Help me out. Uh, eight. Eight. Thank you. Eight. And we do event playing where I'm from, which is Indiana. And I've done some a lot of speaking gigs in Oklahoma. I've spoken there, Canada, Orlando. Washington, D.C., and hopefully with you, Delaware. That's right. And so you go, go ahead. I would say we just got back from Canada for the second time. They invited Sam back. We got back last week and we, um, it was wonderful. I think we have two trips to Florida, hopefully in the works this summer. We're, we're working out finances, but um, and then he's, He's spoken. You've, he's spoken at some schools. Yeah, and then some like places that. around here, but yeah. I met out state wise. Yeah. So you go to like elementary, middle, or high schools as doing like a little assembly. Yep. 
Uh huh. I think one of them in Shoals. That was all grade levels, that elementary, middle, high. Yeah. And then we oh. went to. He's been uh, to a school up near Indianapolis, and that was elementary, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, just elementary. But he's yeah, he speaks to to all grades and okay. tells his story. Okay. Well, I I think I met. Did I mention to you that um, my elementary school has three building based autism classrooms? Yes, you had said that. Yes. Last year we started with two. Now we have three. And I, 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 I'm not sure if I mentioned that I interviewed Dr. Stephen Shore, which was so cool. And one thing that he said that really stuck to me that I think is helpful for teachers to hear was he was like, everyone kind of gets a little nervous thinking that they don't have what it takes to teach students with autism because they're not maybe certified. And he said, just have your teachers think about what they do naturally to help support kids who are struggling or in need in any way. And those are actually the same skills. Like, it's okay. Use that with your child with autism. And I was like, are you serious? serious? Like, you're making it sound so simple. And sometimes I feel like, well, if I don't have the training for it, I don't don't know how to do it all well, right? And he just really flipped that on me. And I was like, thank you for saying that. Yeah, that is, a, I, I so can relate to that. And even <laughs> being a middle school teacher, I mean, I used to, when I was younger, because I this is my, I just figured it out the other day, 18th year. Um, You're that old. No, I'm I am, kidding. I am that old. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I am that old. Love you, Mom. <laughs> but when, at the, oh. at the beginning of my career, I remember I would, okay, I got to have everything in order. And um, if I'm going to use a program, I've got to know everything about it. And now I'm like, Hey guys, we're going to use this program today. Let's figure it out. And then they teach me. And so, yeah, you, you know, you can't, it's, it's exactly the same. Oh, thing. you should tell them the zoom story that, that I found was, I respected you for doing that where they said, Hey, you're doing zoom. Go figure out how to do it. When COVID started oh, hitting. COVID oh, hit. yeah. oh my gosh. Wasn't that we all, we all no it was on a Friday right before our spring break. And they said, Hey, you might want to send the books home with the kids because, you know, and we were all like, Oh, we'll be back. <laughs> like, we'll be back, you know, on that Monday. Well, two weeks later. But we weren't. And then on the Saturday before school was supposed to start again, they said, Here's, here's the thing. You know, we're doing this e learning. There's this program called Zoom. Figure it out. Right. And I just joke and say, you give a teacher a project, they'll do you it. Better back up yeah. because we're going to figure it out. I respect you so <laughs> much for did, that. And we did <laughs> totally, complete respect, Sam. I am totally with you. All right, Sam. Hours. <laughs> Sam, here's my last question for you. So, I make educational little 30 second videos on TikTok, and one of my videos has over half a million views, and it's what's the five things a kid with ADHD wants you to know. And I want to know if you could flip it, if I made a video, what maybe it's hard to think of five things right now, but tell me as many as you can up to five. What is something a kid with autism wants someone to know? Well, I can tell you ADHD too, because I have it as well. Um, (laughs) Movement is focus. So me doing this or rocking back and forth or flapping the arms around. That's me focusing. So that's one thing. The second thing with autism is exclusion is just not nice. Just try to incorporate them into your conversation, whether that's small. Did you say exclusion is not nice? Yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Why is nice? Exclusion is nice. You said it. You said it. I heard it. If I said that, I thought, oh, no, no, no. no. I just didn't hear the Exclusion is just not nice. (laughs) Bingo. 
but just include like, them even in the smallest way. Yep, exactly. And then third, yeah, there's gonna be some hard days. I mean, but you know what? Some of these hard days we might have to do it, but there's ways around it. I can never story with that. Went to a Hamilton Center, had a it was raining that day, maybe pouring. Then I was wearing nice clothes. And I don't like nice clothes anyway, but I can manage that here and there. But the issue was it got wet. Don't like wet clothes. So I literally had to sit like kind of in this weird like this position because that was the only way I could get comfortable. And you can nag it on me, but I told you, sorry, that's the way I'm sitting. Unless you, unless you want me to leave. I'm a mom. So. <laughs> and it's called mom missed it for a reason. But anyway, uh, four, I would say that on spot already um some some are okay. bottom up visual thinkers they think in pictures not words stealing that from temple sorry temple if you're listening but right. yeah the fifth thing is that no matter what they are doing it can lead them somewhere that early intervention that you said it is important they're in that kitchen let them be in that kitchen because you never know they might be going from kitchen to executive chef the hell's kitchen <laughs> yeah when you know somebody that does that yeah, he knows a contestant that started as cooking in the kitchen. He went to Executive Chef and he... No, he went to Hell's Kitchen, then Executive then, Chef. Then, okay, then he was on Hell's Kitchen and now he's an Executive Chef. Yeah, he's been on Sam's show. I guess I'll him a little bit. Tommy Stevens is his name, season nine competitor. The reason why I had him is if you look at him, you probably would think he's a gangbanger. But when you talk to him, the nicest person you'll ever meet. Wow, isn't that crazy? And, and what you said, Gina... Just, just notice or observe. Wasn't that what you said? Yeah, go ahead. Your turn like, now. Like, like notice, notice and observe. And if they're spinning, like don't get um, upset or worried about it. Actually, like take them to a merry-go-round, take them to uh, something else. That's like, like, just go with it. Just go. That's it. That's it. We had, um, I've said that that's, that's really part of our nonprofit mission is um, the success of all, but to get to that success, sometimes you have to, uh, zoom in and tap into the, um, you know, the non-traditional stuff. That's yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you have to do that. We had um, we were at a conference one time, and I had I always tell this story because it was so powerful to me. But there was a dad had an eight-year-old son who was diagnosed recently diagnosed with autism, and he came up to my booth and he cried, sobbed, and he said, "I'm so worried." Like all this whole future that I imagined for my son, I feel like is not going to happen now. And of course I'm setting back. I'm only an expert and I was there. I, Sam got diagnosed with autism. I went to bed for four days. I, I didn't sign up for that. I didn't agree to that. And so I was angry. I was scared. Um, I wanted him to be fixed. I wanted to figure out how to fix him. And that was very short lived. Um, that I said to him, he started to say, well, my son, he makes these crazy, silly, like YouTube videos. He's obsessed with it. And I was like, wait, let's have him make a wait. YouTube channel. Said, he knows how to make YouTube videos. And he was like, oh yeah, he's like really good at it. And I said, and he said, he wants to like put them on TikTok and he wants, to, and I said, go home and let like set up the safety, the privacy controls, like do all of that. But there, like, there's something there. It's just when, like he said, I want to start a podcast. What? I don't, I don't know what that is, but you, you know, so that's what I, that's my biggest thing. Oh, 
so good. So that's so good. That's so helpful. Um, and so lastly, how can someone find and follow you? I have enjoyed every moment of this. I love it. I could keep doing it. But let's you can follow me on autismrockspells.com. That's my website. W is new. Oh, no, it's w, it's autismrockspells.com. No, it's www. Let me just show you. Oh, <laughs> will the We'll put it we'll put it in the show notes. He's testing. And we'll put it in the description. autismrocksandrolls.com. Yeah, go for it. You want to try it? autismrocksandrolls.com and then what tell me. I was going to say info at autismrocksandrolls.com. But you can find me on all the media platforms out there. If you think I'm there, I'm probably there. I love and Google, it. Google will tell you anything. We will say very right. quickly before you have to hang up. I do want to give yeah. these people a plug. Go ahead. Um, they, we, Sam, they don't have time for that. No, I'm messing with you. <laughs> Sam is uh, recently a star panel ambassador for the Doug Flutie Foundation in Florida. And they are incredible people who have really jumped on board with Autism Rocks and Rolls and are really going to help fund and help Sam do this. So we want to to tell about them because they're amazing. So so awesome. Thank you so much. And I, Sam, will do my work and homework to get you to come to Delaware to my school. And um, yes, you can hold me to that. And I'm so excited. Teachers need to hear more of this. Parents, um, I know someone, a parent who just had their three-year-old diagnosed and they have a ton of questions and they are like, what do I do? How do I like, just help me, help me, help me. And your mission, your vision, what you're sharing, kids need to hear it. The teachers need to hear it. So many families need to hear it. And we have to help our society embrace this on such a different level than we are thinking of it today. You are going to be at the forefront of shifting that paradigm for us. Thank you. So every time you wake up and you feel tired, I just want to encourage you, go, go, go. Because we need <laughs> We just oh, I need it. I needed it. We have to. Whenever you need later, call me up because that's what I'm good at. I'm always good at like, yeah, this is awesome. Thank you. You're making a difference. Every every minute counts. And it is, and it's exciting to be a part of this whole evolution of it. I am so excited to see what's going to happen this year for you. What's what doors are going to open up. And I am just, if I can support you in any way, please let me know. And um, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. It was a pleasure and a privilege to have you on my podcast today. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, that's all we've got for this episode of the Momnificent Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be honored if you would subscribe and rate if you really liked it. I know wherever you're listening right now, it might not be the best time to leave a comment, but feel free to leave a question, a review, or a comment at any time. And until next time, remember, don't worry, be happy.